It is my honor <laughs> to introduce to you Pastor Fred. Uh, open your hearts to what he has to say this morning and be prepared for whatever happens. Amen. Amen. All right. Troy, when the time comes, would you want to be my lighter? Okay. I got a lighter for you. You used one of these before? You're not going to burn the building down, are you? All right. Yeah, we, luckily we do have multiple firemen. I may have purposely avoided Asher. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> what boy doesn't need a 27-inch machete for Christmas, though? I'm just saying. I need a moment. Uh, as Pastor Michelle said, uh, it's been a whirlwind the last few weeks. And uh, between everything we've been doing at home, um, you know, trying to prepare for Christmas, which, um, you know, in spite of the lack of continuity, I mean, Michelle, as a worship leader, has not had a lot of continuity with Russell and myself. Then, of course, we lost T today as well. And so, um, she's just done an amazing job, if I can say that. I know she's my wife, but she really has, especially with those that she has to work with <laughs> in the limited time frames. Um, so thank you very much for all you pour into that. Um, apologize right now as well. Uh, we were hoping to get to Christmas cards for all of you. Um, the Sunday before and just because of all the busyness you'll get them next week <laughs> if that's okay but I'll just say right now Merry Christmas so oh, Father there's many things swirling through my heart and through my mind I just pray that you would bring order bring peace let your shalom peace just reign throughout this place and uh your presence just be heavy upon us. In Jesus' name. Just as a side note. So we mentioned Thursday nights. and We will come back to those on early January. Um, it's been a really sweet time. For those of you who... Um, it, it, the things of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit in particular, are new to you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit in uh, working and functioning and flowing in the gifts is not only new to you, but maybe you've even been advanced in it. I mean, you've been doing it for years, like Jennifer's been, you've been speaking in tongues since what, three? I don't remember. <laughs> it was earlier than I can remember. Right? <laughs> So, I mean, this is a wide range of us who have experience in, in the gifts. And, and yet, Thursday nights is for, for all ranges, you know, wherever you're at in that. Because we're called to work and flow and move in the gifts. 
And this has relevance to, to what we're going to dive into uh, this morning. Uh, but Thursday night was just so sweet. Uh, as we worshiped, we just, we just pressed in and just the glory of the Lord just filled the room. Um, it, it, it was such that I was, um, I was seeing in my mind's eye, I was just seeing glory, almost just, just like mist, just hanging down low and you could just, I just would reach up and just touch it. And, uh, God was just working and flowing through us and it was just such a good time. I encourage you to take part in that because it is so necessary. The Spirit of God, the manifestation uh, of the Spirit of God to be flowing through us. This world needs that so much. What I have up here, and of course those on the recording aren't going to be able to see it, but it's a, a painting by Alex Levin. I mentioned him by name. All the paintings, which I, uh, the pictures, the slides, which I'm using this morning, are by him. They're actual paintings. He's got a website. Um, they're just beautiful. Um, but the centerpiece in this, you see up at the very top, is, this is a picture of Jerusalem. And at the centerpiece is the Temple Menorah, which is lit and burning bright. And the menorah is... A, a, a candle stand or a lamp stand, okay, used in the celebration of the Jewish festival of Hanukkah. So, for those of you who are unfamiliar with it, about 170 years before Christ, the Jews led a revolt against the practices of Antiochus IV, okay, who was massacring Jews, uh, prohibiting the practice of Judaism, and trying to force the Hebrews to assimilate into the Greek or Hellenistic culture, which was not a good culture, by the way. Okay, we'll just leave it there. Um, but Hanukkah is the celebration of the subsequent victory and gained independence, albeit for a brief time, which commemorates the rededication of the Jewish temple thereafter. According to tradition, there was very little oil left in the lamps that had not been defiled by the Greeks at the time of the rededication. So oil was needed for the menorah, for, for the, the candelabrum in the temple, which was supposed to burn throughout the night every night. And there was only enough oil left for one day. But miraculously, it burned for eight days. This was another of the Hanukkah miracles and the reason that Jews celebrate the festival for eight days. It's also the reason that they celebrate, instead of using seven candles as depicted here, or even as I have in front of you, which is what was used, or something similar as was used in the temple, much bigger, of course, they have a candelabrum with nine candles. Eight representing the, the eight days of the miracle, and one just for work, because they, they would not um, use the other candles for work. So if something needed to be lit, a fire needed to be lit somewhere else, I don't know if you can do much cooking over the ninth candle, but that was used and dedicated just for work. So that's the difference. Things that I never, until I looked it up, I never fully understood, uh, I've heard things through the years. But I think it's a part of our heritage and important. 
And so as they celebrate each day of, of, of the memorial, they light a candle and recite a prayer in the commemoration. And the prayer goes something like this. Blessed are you, our God, creator of time and space, who enriches our lives with holiness, commanding us to kindle the Hanukkah lights. Blessed are you, our God, creator of time and space, who performed miracles for our ancestors in the days long ago and in this time. A few weeks ago, as Pastor Michelle uh, was supposed to bring the word, God had asked her to bring a word on the power of the I Am. And she came to me and asked if I would would help. I said, sure, not knowing what I was going to bring. And and so within a few days, God had given me a dream, which I shared. It's a very good word. I encourage you to go back. The last, uh, well, the last year, there's so much good stuff, you know, that, that you have access to in terms of, of good teaching. But probably the last three Weeks really kind of tie in with what we're talking about this morning. With the names of God, the power of the I Am, the fear of the Lord, which Apostle Tim taught on last last week. And the seven spirits of God, which we're going to be talking about this morning. But God had given me a dream, which I touched on. And in the dream, just brief recap, recap. I was searching for seven vessels containing to contain seven rings of power, okay? And it represented us searching out people. People are God's treasure, God's vessels, right? And we're called to search them out. And uh, that power, okay, was pursued and received. It had to be sought out and, and pursued and received by the sons and daughters of God for the purpose of putting it inside the vessel. It, it, Inside of these imperfect vessels, people, right? And when I woke up that, that morning, God began to speak to me immediately about the seven spirits of God and the seven days of creation, which I didn't get into the fullness of that day because while it was relevant, y'all would still be sitting here, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, it would have elongated and maybe diverted from the purpose that morning. But I want to begin to touch on just a little bit of that this morning. So you may be saying, all right, so what and who cares? What does Hanukkah have to do with Christmas? And it's a good question. Um, the Jews themselves, especially the hardcore Jews, kind of say the same thing. What are you doing mixing the two? And for the Jew, that actually makes a lot of sense because there, there is no tie-in that they can see. And yet for us... Uh, because our heritage being Judaism, right? It, from which Christ sprang forth, it makes a lot of sense. And if you go to the book of Isaiah, uh, in chapter 11, actually, does someone have, oh, there's the clicker. Isaiah chapter 11. Well, there we go. We're just going to leave that up. And the first three verses are our tie in. Isaiah 11 1 says this 
Then a shoot will spring forth from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of strength, the the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. And he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. This passage is foretelling the birth of Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua, the son of David, the son of Jesse, right? Because it says, in that day, a shoot will spring forth from the stem of Jesse. It's one of the passages we often hear in correlation with Christmas, as it's talking about the foretelling of of the coming of Jesus, the Messiah. But contained... In, those, in that passage are the seven spirits of God. And you can also find them in the book of Revelation as well as, as you dig in a little deeper. But the seven spirits which, which it lists, or, or rather the seven facets of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, because as, as you read through, it becomes clear that our God is one. Right? We have Father, Son, and Spirit. And there are not seven separate spirits, but but... Often, you'll see, even as you hear of Jesus depicted as the lion and the lamb, right? You have different facets of who Jesus is. The, the, the different facets of Holy Spirit are right here. The Spirit of the Lord. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength, or power, right? Uh, knowledge and the fear of the Lord, which, again, Apostle Tim taught on last week. So these are the seven facets of who the Holy Spirit is. If you go to Revelation 3.1, it says, To the angel of the church of Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven, seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Revelation 4.5 says, From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. And Revelation 5, 6, just to name a few. Then I saw the Lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and elder. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And so there is so much that we could unpack here, but we will not. Okay? But here's what I want you to take away. Seven spirits of God, the Holy Spirit comes in many different ways, right? Often I lean on him as the teacher is one of his, one of his, his titles, right? Or the counselor, right? Because I often need counsel. I need wisdom. I need knowledge. I ask for it in the midst of my work day. You've often heard me say that even in the midst of working on people, as I have my hands on them, and I'm going, good Lord, where do I go next? And I'm guessing Matthew might do the same, okay, as he deals with people in the medical office. Um, You know, it's like he answers. The Spirit of God answers. And he says, hey, did you check out this scapula? What about it? We have this conversation. Nobody knows but me and Holy Spirit. And it's kind of fun. And he makes me look really good. 
You know, always makes me look good. And if I get it wrong, it's probably no Holy Spirit. <laughs> but he's really good at that. And I so need him and I so lean upon him. But I, I want you to catch that it's the seven spirits which are sent out into all the earth. Right? The seven rings of power or the seven spirits of God come and fill these earthen vessels and they're meant to be sent into all the earth. This is why Jesus came. It's what we celebrate. Thank you. Thank, thank God that he came, that we celebrate in the ways that we celebrate. But at the core of it is Jesus, God incarnate, coming to earth for the salvation of men and women. To set right which man set adrift in the garden, in the beginning. Seven mountains. It's amazing how, how often the number seven comes up. Within God's word, seven is considered uh, from a biblical perspective, the number of perfection or the number of completion or fullness. Right. And so it's no surprise that there are seven mountains of culture that we're called to filled with the spirit of the Lord, not only infiltrate, but we're called to lead. We're called to shape and mold according to the spirit of God. This is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the spirit of the Lord taking that prayer that Jesus said, hey, you want to know how to pray perfect? Because the disciples, they're like, oh, how do we pray, Lord? You know, and and I hear people say this often. I don't think I'm doing it right. (laughs) Right. I don't think I'm praying right. Uh, You said to do this. And it's really it's not that complicated. And, and Jesus said, look, you pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Glory to your name. We give you glory and honor and praise. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The seven spirits of God are meant to fill man. So that we could infiltrate the mountains so that the kingdom could come. This is why we're called to pray for it. It's not just one of these things that we're going, oh Lord, save us. Come on a white horse. Oh Lord, save us. Bring something down from heaven to save us. He's like, yeah, that's really good and I'll do that someday. But in the meantime, I want to fill you so that you can begin building brick by brick. Person by person. Come on. That's what my dream was all about. I was leading this group of people and we were all excited and it was so urgent that we go out and that we find these people everywhere. There was a, there was a path and we were just knocking on every door. These vessels, these imperfect vessels meant to carry the seven spirits of God. So again, when I woke from the dream and God was speaking to me about the seven spirits, right? I had to go look it up. 
um, because I, I've never spent much time on this, but, but but also how it related to the seven days of creation, right? And he began, even as I was laying there, we were just holding a conversation. I'm like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, think about it. On the first day, I spoke. My breath came forth. The pneuma of God, the spirit, the same word for breath is spirit. Okay, the pneuma of God came forth. And God spoke each day into existence. Find him in Genesis 1. Each day he spoke, and it was, and he spoke, and it was. The seven spirits of God created all that was to be created in conjunction with the Son, who, Scripture says, was present in the beginning. This Jesus whom we celebrate, this Jesus whose birth was foretold, and whom we, we, on whom we depend for our own breath, our own spirit. was right there in the midst of creation. It says in the beginning, the spirit hovered over the water. However, with the fall of man, all that was created by the breath of God was subjected to bondage. Right? Adam didn't only subject himself in his own line, which is all of us, Adam and Eve, to bondage, but all of creation was was put into bondage. It's why in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 19, it says, For the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly. Everything Holy Spirit created with Jesus was subjected to futility and slavery. By sin, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that creation itself also would be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. Come on. Off of creation. Yes, it, it celebrates the birth of Jesus as we do. But creation is going, don't stop there. Don't stop there. Go the next step. Receive him as your Lord. Receive him as your Savior. Receive the free gift of salvation. Yahshua means salvation. Why is creation growing? Why is creation putting all this pressure on me? To become a son of God. Because it's, it's subjected to the curse. It's subjected to futility and it awaits by God's design, the spirit of God, the seven spirits of God to fill you so that you can set it free. This is what we celebrate. We get to participate in this. This is a redemption story. Yes, we know that. We know how this story goes and, and, and the shepherds came and the angels sang and we get excited about that. And we go, wow, that's just amazing. But it's just the beginning of the story. 
I'm telling you, it's the beginning of the story in which you play a key role. If you have breath, you play a role. Because you're destined to be filled by the Holy Spirit, by the spirits of God, which we just talked about. Every facet. He wants to work through you. The fear of the Lord. We think of the fear of the Lord when we think of God coming down. But go back to what Apostle Tim was talking about last week. Right? Remember Peter talking to Ananias and Sapphira? Peter didn't kill him. <laughs> but by through Peter's mouth came forth the decree that they would have to stand in judgment. And as a result, they both ended up in a pine box. I'm not saying everybody steps back there. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be part of that. That's not great because that's not the primary thing that we're called to do. That's one instance. But I'm telling you, he uses us even in the fear of the Lord. How about when Paul, on his way to Rome, putting wood in the fire and a viper jumps out, right? And, and, and the people know that this is a deadly viper. They're thinking, oh, another two minutes and he's gone. He's gone. And yet Paul just shakes it off and continues and continues and continues. And they're waiting for him to drop. And they're waiting for him to drop. And they're waiting for him to drop. And the fear of the Lord comes over them because they go, oh, Lord. I know he should be dead by now. There he is. What is this that stands before me? Come on, it's the Holy Spirit wanting to work every aspect, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, of counsel and understanding, of power. Which includes healing. Anyone need healing this morning? Physical healing? I know there's at least one. I think there's more than that. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. This is the beginning of a story of redemption. It's the beginning of the story of salvation, which only Jesus could do, and yet we get to t- take part in. Within the testimony of Christ Jesus, we see the foundation laid for all of creation by the Spirit of God, the seven spirits that we've been talking about to be set free from bondage. The foundation laid by Christ, but was laid by Christ, but designed to be carried out by the sons and daughters of God, by the same Holy Spirit who indwelled him and created the universe. It's a familiar story, but it's one that I charge you not to lose sight of in this season, that you play a role. It's not just putting Jesus in the manger. Making sure that the Jesus in the manger is in our heart. That we allow him to equip us. To go out into all the world. And search out those vessels. We get the privilege of them. Troy, you want to light the first one for me?
I want to take just the remaining time, just a little time that we have. Go ahead and light one. Pick one. Just not the middle one. Oh, not this one. No, just pick one. Not the sorry to the middle. Perfect. Have a seat. No, you can hold on to that because you're going to light the rest too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to be back up here. Sweet, says. All right. I want to give you my rendition of the menorah candles seen through the eyes of creation. Genesis 1-3, then God said, let there be light. There was light. This was a creation, Holy Spirit and Jesus together, right? And John 1-1 tells us when Jesus came into the world, that Jesus was the light of the world. John 1-9 and 10 says, there was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. You see, Jesus redeemed the light because he was the light. He was Lord, the light. You hit it, man. Give me another one. I told you to say close. But you can run back and forth. You get a lot of steps in that way. No, you might Oh, I say we're going to skip a few. All right. There was morning and there was evening, the second day. Genesis 1-6, Then God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And he's speaking of the sky. Right? This expanse, which separates the waters, the, the heavenly waters, the, the, the rains, which we've had plenty of lately, Right? Versus the waters, the lakes, the oceans, the rivers and the streams. At Jesus' birth, there were signs in the sky. There was a chorus of angels singing in the sky. And then in Mark chapter 4, verses 38 and 39, it says, Jesus himself was in the stern of the boat asleep in a cushion. And they woke him and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? And he got up and he rebuked the wind. He spoke to that space between the sky. Jesus redeemed that space in between. That which came forth from the beginning, which was laid under a curse. And Jesus says, no, I'm Lord of the sky as well. And he rebuked the winds and he rebuked the waves as well. And all was calm. Get this, after he resurrected, it said he ascended into heaven. And, and I, for one, picture this much like we see in, in, in movies, you know, seeing our favorite superhero, you see Superman just kind of going up on one toe. See Jesus, even more majestic than Superman rising into the sky. He is Lord of the sky. He restored, was put into bondage through creation. Here's the exciting thing. You may say I'm crazy, and that's okay. 
I'm going to save this for the end, but but it, everything Jesus did was by the power of the Holy Spirit. Begin to make this connection if you haven't already. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. You were born again. If you were filled with the Holy Spirit, that same spirit rests in you. We're to set creation free. Jesus just did it first. He was Lord of the sky. Did it. Genesis 1-9, the third day. Then God said, the Spirit came forth, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God said, on that same day, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them, and it was so. The water, the vegetation, right? Being gathered into one place. Who walked on the water? Jesus. Had anyone walked on the water before Jesus? No. Moses split the water, so did Elijah and Elisha. Nobody walked on it. Jesus was the Lord of the water. Jesus brought forth in fullness that which started by being born of the water. We were born of water as humans, right? You know, when a mother gives birth, the water breaks. We're born of water. Jesus alludes to that, right? And he made a way so that same vessel could be born of spirit and be born again. Jesus turned water into wine, speaking of the fruit. He demanded that the fig tree bear fruit in season and out of season, something which had never been expected or done before. And when it didn't, he cursed it and it died. He established the new covenant through his blood, yet it was represented at the Last Supper, right? Through the fruit of the vine. Jesus reclaimed lordship over the waters and the, ve- and the vegetation and the fruit. Get it. The fourth day, Genesis 1, 14 through 15. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs, for seasons, and for days, and for years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light to the earth. And it was so. On the day of his birth, there was a star shining so brightly that it led shepherds and magi to Jesus. I keep taking these off and I really shouldn't. On the day of his death, the sun was hidden in mourning for our Savior. Jesus reclaimed lordship over the heavenly. Because he's Lord of the heavens. <laughs> oh, okay, so no more. Take a break. So look at that. One day of creation, blood into the next. 
Interesting. So, we got five there? All right, we're on day five. Day five, God said, then God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heaven. Fish and birds. Birds were kind of hard to come by. Not going to lie. But of the fish, Jesus paid his taxes with fish, right? Don't tell me he's not Lord of the fish. Come on, Aquaman's got nothing on him, right? What about the miraculous catch? Peter's done. For those of you who who have watched or maybe are just catching up on, on The Chosen, you know, what a story. Yeah. You know, to see Peter going out, he thinks, oh, my butt's in the ringer. I'm a dead man. I'm a dead man. And and he's exhausted and he comes in. And Jesus says, let's put the boat out a little farther. And Pete's like, well, what have I got to lose? At least they can't come and kill me in the boat. And there's this miraculous catch of fish. He multiplied the fish. Here's my bird tie-in. Tell me if this works for you. When Jesus, after his triumphal entry, he went into the temple and he overturned the tables of the tables, which uh, part of which contained the doves, right? Which were there for sacrifice, setting them free, indicating that no longer would they be needed for sacrifice. Jesus is Lord over the fish and the birds of the sky. He redeemed them. Day six, this is a big one, right? Yeah. It's our birthday. Mm-hmm. Our collective birthday. Then God said, before he gets to us, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind. Cattle, creeping things, beasts of the earth after their kind, and it was so. And in verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them rule over the fish of the sky, fish of the sea, fish of the sky, flying fish, fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Male and female, he created them. On that day of his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, Jesus rolled a colt, bowl of a donkey, to fulfill scripture that took part in carrying the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And again, because of his sacrifice, no longer would animals have to be used sacrificially for the atonement of sin. The curse was broken. But probably, most importantly, through his death and resurrection, mankind as well as all of creation was redeemed. The curse was broken for those who would enter into salvation, which he bought. They would have the privilege of seeing all of creation set free from the bonds of sin and death, even as Paul talked about in Romans chapter 8. Purchased, redeemed by Jesus the Christ. Whom we celebrate. 
and yet we have one candle. What happened on the seventh day? God rested. God rested. Genesis 2, 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. You know, even though we think of the seventh day as nothing happening, what do we, what's one of the names of Jesus? He's the Prince of Peace. He is Shalom. Interesting word, Shalom, when you study it out. The word Shalom speaks not only of mental peace, not only uh, auditory peace, which we sometimes equate it to, or, or just peace from, from the cares and the worries of the world. It is all of those things, and yet the word Shalom means restoration, body, soul, and spirit. There was a complete peace that God established for that day, for us, body, soul, and spirit. He loved me so much. He gave all of this to me. Then he came and he redeemed it. I don't think I've told you anything you don't know this morning. And yet, it brings me to tears when I think about it. I don't think I've told you anything that you don't know. And yet, it's a reminder of the privilege that that we get to carry Jesus, the light of Christ, the light of the world, right? Right? One of the things that the Jews, when they celebrate Hanukkah, they tie it to a passage, I believe it's it's in Isaiah. No, I'm not sure. Um, But where it talks about being the light of the world and carrying the light to all nations. You know, it's the purpose of the menorah in what they celebrate. See, there it is. I have another one? Oh, I like that. I like this one because it's such a prophetic picture of who we are and what we're called to be. Yeah, I see this. When I look at this, I see Jesus, the light of the world, as represented by Jesus, the Holy Spirit, right? Resting, hovering over Jerusalem. And I see this busyness, like people just being drawn to the light. Jesus himself being the light. The light which we get to carry. The light which the world so desperately needs. I just want to encourage you this morning. Now I lost myself. Oh, there we go. I just want to encourage you this morning. That as you go and you celebrate. To remember. The light of Christ which rests in you. Yes, we celebrate him coming. But even more so, we celebrate Jesus in us. We celebrate Jesus escaping out of us. And fear would try to come over us and keep us from letting him out. And all of his, in every way in which Holy Spirit would want to come out. And yet, and yet we're called to overcome fear. So, bless you. Good morning.
Just bless you all today with the light of Jesus. I pray that your celebrations filled with his light. Pray that no fear would be able to overcome you and keep you from speaking the things that you're called to speak. Pray that if Jesus is not already here, that he brings that revelation so that he does come in, so you can invite him in. Because there's there's no greater gift. There's just no greater gift than Jesus. So, why don't you stand with me? So, Father, we thank you so much for giving us the gift of Jesus and the Spirit of God to indwell us. We just pray that you would be with us, that your your Spirit would just be upon us and be in the midst of our celebrations with our family, with our extended family, with our friends. We pray that you would bring word of wisdom, word of knowledge, that you would just stir up the gifts within us and, and... Lord, you would even do signs and wonders. Not only in the sky, but amongst us. You would bring forth healings and miracles. We pray that this would be a Christmas like no other. Where your presence and your power just continue to manifest. And that the fear of the Lord, the awe of the Lord, would just cover this nation. And be restored to this nation. Because we're desperately in need of it. So we just lift all this up to you. We just receive your grace and your mercy. And your love and all these things in Jesus name. Amen.